Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Today, our guest on iPodcast AGCMO is Brian Holscher. Brian is the Executive Director and CEO of Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District. Brian, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me here, Len. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up at MSD working up to where you are right now. Okay, I'm originally from Belleville, Illinois. Went to school here in Washington University from 1978 through 1982 to get my civil engineering degree. My first job out of school was with the St. Clair County Highway Department in Illinois. I worked there till 89. For personal reasons, moved over to the St. Louis area, and I picked up a job with Conzer Townsend Envirodyne, who now is a part of the ACOM companies. I worked there until 1995. I finished there as the office manager of the, the office. Um, an they're, they're an engineering firm? Yes, I'm sorry. They're a, a consulting engineering firm. ACOM itself is one of the largest ones in the country. Right. Okay. And uh, it was a consulting engineering firm. I did both design, primarily construction management, as well as contract administration. 1995, an opportunity opened up at MSD. They were in the process of really enlarging their capital program, and they were looking for people who had experience, both on the design and construction side, with delivering large capital projects. So the opportunity came up here at MSD, started here in 95. I started as a manager of construction management, went to an assistant director of construction management, became an assistant director of engineering when there was a consolidation of uh, departments here at MSD around 2000. At that level, I was responsible for both the design, right-of-way acquisition, and construction of projects. And then I became the director of engineering in 2003. Uh, held that position for 10 years, and in 2013, March 2013, I became the executive director. So a long and multifaceted career here at MSD. Yeah, when I first started here, I thought like every other project or every other job I'd had, it'd be six or seven years, and I'd look for somewhere else. Unfortunately, I had the opportunity to continuously get promoted and try different things, and now I'm probably to the point where I'll finish my career here at MSD. That's wonderful. Well, you've been a great asset for the district and for the region. Appreciate the opportunity to work with you. Thank you. So on April 2nd, we have a little issue on the ballot as related to MSD's work on stormwater. Can you talk a little bit about that? I don't know what the name of it is, what the story is behind it. So can you give us a little background on that? Sure. It's called Proposition S, and it's actually a carryover from an effort that MSD made in 2008 to provide district-wide stormwater funding for all its stormwater services. At the time in 2008, we were looking to put a rate in place that doesn't require a vote to to provide funding for all these services. Uh, That rate was eventually found to be declared unconstitutional by the state Supreme Court. So we started the process of putting the various pieces of a full stormwater program together. We already had in place, and it currently on everybody's property tax bill, is a $0.02 per $100 value property tax to take care of the 
environmental side of stormwater. That's addressing the pollutants that run off when there's a storm. In April 2016, we had a proposition called Prop S. MSD, since its creation, had not had funds to operate and maintain the public storm sewer system west of 270. We were given the responsibility, but no funds. Prop S in April 2016 gave us the funds to be able to operate and maintain appropriately the existing public storm sewer system. And that was through a $0.10 cent property tax per $100 valuation. There's one last service that MSD's charter allows us to provide, and that is to take care of flooding and erosion issues not involving MSD's infrastructure, but in the local creeks and streams and floodplains in the area. That's what this proposal is about. So this would allow you to fund the things that you already have responsibility for providing? Well, we have, we have the power to provide these set of services. Uh, unlike the previous propositions where we had the legal responsibility, here we have the ability to provide the service. Now, quite honestly, we are the people in the best position to provide the service district-wide. So what the proposal was, there's about $500 million worth of problems of flooding and erosion throughout the district's boundaries. The proposal is to raise $30 million per year in order to address those issues. It will look to the voters, and this will be on the ballot. Uh, the proposal is for the average customer to pay $2.25 per month towards a program, or $27 per year. And the basis of the billing will be on the amount of impervious area that's on an individual's property. Pervious area are areas where water doesn't soak into the ground, roofs and driveways and uh, sidewalks, those types of things. That's this vote on April 2nd. For the first time, MSD will be able to provide these services if it passes district-wide. So if it passes, if the voters think this is a good idea, what's going to be different? What will be different is we, we had some taxes, some localized taxes, where we were able to address these issues in parts of the county located between the city of St. Louis and I-270. As part of the vote in April 2016, we set those in zero in anticipation of this election. Um, the biggest thing folks will find is that the areas west of I-270, which have never had funding in order to address flooding erosion, will now have that. There are problems that have existed out there for a long time, and MSD has never been able to address. But it also then provides funding uh, and also collects revenues from the area between 270 and the city, as well as within the city of St. Louis. So we'll now have a district-wide revenue source to be able to address the problems district-wide. And if the voters decide this is not a good idea and reject Proposition S, what happens then? Then we won't provide the service. MSD is going to spend this the month of March prior to the April election really helping people understand what a yes vote means and what a no vote means. So if they vote yes, we will start the charge on January 2020, uh, and we will start providing the service. If they vote no, this is a selection for the, for the taxpayers or for the ratepayers. We won't provide the service. Where we go after that kind of depends on how the vote comes out. Uh, if, we, if this proposition loses significantly and the voters tell us it's not a service they want to provide, MSD won't pursue this again for quite a while. If it's real close, and we do hear from the public that they'd like for us to give this another shot, we may come back in a couple years. It kind of depends on what the results of the April vote come out. And this is all about stormwater runoff. This has nothing to do with wastewater treatment. Right. 
This is purely stormwater. So anybody who has stormwater issues. Backyard flooding, creeks overrunning, those sorts of things. Yeah, there's three major areas. I'm glad you brought that. So there's three areas we cover. One's called localized flooding, folks who have water that simply sits in their backyard too long. Either the ditch has been filled in or it's just not a sufficient way for the water to get away. The second is erosion. Everybody has seen creeks that either start eroding back and they'll cut into roadways or they'll start encroaching on people's properties. We'll have funds to be able to address those in a prioritized fashion. And the other is flooding for folks who live in floodplains. And I know a lot of folks suffered in 2015 and 2017 when the Merrimack flooded. But there's other areas besides that on local creeks and streams where homes are built and they suffer the impacts of flooding. We also look to address those issues. We're really going to address issues where people today probably would not be encouraged to build. We're going to try and take care of some of those past mistakes. So right now those services are either being provided by the property owner, by a municipality, or not addressed at all? Well, yes, those are the three options. There really isn't a good funding source to address those issues right now. The cities, individual municipalities, do have some limited funding, but these problems are usually watershed-type problems, and the watersheds within the district do not match the municipal boundaries. So sometimes it's very hard to solve a problem within a municipal boundary when really work is required in an adjacent municipality. That just lends itself, while there is isolated funding and opportunities elsewhere in the district to provide this, MSD really is the right people to provide the service. Okay. Well, now that we've talked about the stormwater issue that's going to be on the April 2nd ballot, what about the difference between what you're doing with stormwater and what's going on with wastewater? So let's, let's transition to that. So talk about where the district is on wastewater right now. So to put it into context, wastewater services are different than stormwater. MSD by charter is responsible for the collection and treatment of all wastewater and then discharge to our local creeks and streams. So whenever we go for a rate, it's stuff that we are legally responsible for. The biggest driver as to the size of the work we have to do has to do with the consent decree that we agreed to with the Department of Justice, the EPA, and the Coalition for the Environment. We were one of the last municipalities who saw the strategy by the Department of Justice to simply sue communities who were not in compliance with the Clean Water Act uh, to give them court-enforceable documents and timeframes in order to meet the Clean Water Act. That's where our consent decree came from. When we signed it, it was a 23-year consent decree at about $4.7 billion that would end in 2034. We are going to the Rate Commission to look for funding for the years 2021 through 2024. Right now, our funding ends on July 1, 2020. We're going to our Rate Commission right now to have them review our proposal. The work in that proposal is almost solely, for capital work, is almost solely to comply with the consent decree, and that's eliminating basement backups and overflows of the system to the creeks and streams in the area, both issues which are illegal and need to be fixed. And we've been under the consent decree for how long? When did that start, and what's the projected completion date for that? So we agreed with the EPA and Department of Justice and the Coalition for Environment in April 2011. The judge finally entered the decree in 2012. So when we signed the decree, the consent decree was to end in 2034. We've recently gotten a five-year extension. There was some additional work that needed to be done outside the consent decree. 
as well as some affordability issues associated with that. And the EPA, Department of Justice, and Coalition for the Environment agreed to allow us to extend the consent decree five more years. So it's now scheduled to end in 2039. Okay, so we're moving forward with that. That'll come after whatever gets decided on stormwater. There are two independent issues, basically. Yes, they are two separate ones. The stormwater, probably the biggest difference, the stormwater is a new service for folks to decide. The wastewater is not a new service. Now, one of the impacts that folks will see in this new rate proposal is that we were making up for a lot of underfunding for a lot of years and had some very large increases. Right now, the rate that we plan on charging in July 2019 is very close to the median monthly charge that you'll see throughout the country. We thought the increases were going to have to be fairly significant for at least another four years. With the changes in the consent decree and our own ability to reduce costs, we're now looking hopefully from 2021 through the end of the consent decree, our increases will look a lot like inflation. We'll present that to our rate commission. They'll take a look at those numbers and decide whether or not that's appropriate rate. So what other issues is a district facing besides just the normal operations of dealing with wastewater and stormwater? I'm sure there's other things you're wrestling with. Yeah. On the wastewater side, again, I had mentioned the reason for the extension in the consent decree was to address our incinerators at Bissell and Limay treatment plants. Uh, those incinerators, we incinerate our solid waste. We then landfill it, the ash, and then dispose of it as we can. That incinerator technology is old, and by new regulations, we're required to replace those. Replacement incinerators will do two really good things for us. One, it'll decrease, three things. One, it will decrease our operating cost. Second part, it's going to decrease the discharge of pollutants from our incinerators by three or four times. And then finally, we'll have a much better opportunity to use some of the byproducts that come off the incinerator process and sell those, whether it's the ash, reusing our own heat, or else using that heat and selling it to other industries located around our plants. There are other things on the horizon. Uh, Everybody's heard of the hypoxia issue and the killing of fish and that stuff at the end of the, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, at the end of the Mississippi River. That has to do with nutrient discharges into the creeks and streams. Those discharges come some from urban areas, but primarily they come from agricultural areas. And one of the things MSD is involved with is working with the local states and the EPA to try and come up with a large watershed solution to decrease those discharges of pollutants, the nutrients that are causing those kind of loss of oxygen in the water and the death of the animals in the, in the water. How about just the operations of doing business with the district and other things that would impact the construction community? So there's a couple things going on with the construction community. Let's go on our capital side first. We are trying to streamline our process as best we can. We're constantly in communication with both the contractors who perform our work and the labor unions who provide the majority of the workforce for us, uh, trying to find ways to make things easier, make things more transparent, and also to, um, in the end, make things cheaper for MSD. The other part of that situation, since I mentioned the labor unions and the contractors, MSD is redoing its disparity study. Uh, one of the things that we think is really important that if we're asking the people of our community to pay for this program, we should offer them the opportunity to also benefit with the program. So right now, looking at our current results, our program spend is looking a lot like our community. 
And if you think of minority and women businesses right now, 25 to 35% of our construction is done by minority and women businesses. That looks like our industry. 30 to 40% of the designs being done by minority and women businesses. That looks like our industry. If you go on an MSD work site, 30% of the work is being done by minorities. That looks like our industry. Uh, real proud of the staff as to how they've gotten to those numbers. It was real important for us to get there. And also want to appreciate the work of the contractors and the engineers and the labor providers who have also helped us get there. Outside of the capital program, MSD is also a regulator with regard to new development. And so we have working on processes in order to make that easier. If you're a developer or a uh, builder and you've tried to get all the permits that's necessary throughout the area, oftentimes you have to go to the county, a municipality, MSD. We've set ourselves up, one, to streamline our processes and knowing specifically where the county's going, try to set it up so at some future date we can somewhat consolidate those things and give as close as we can to a one-stop shopping for the uh, developers. Permitting has been a huge issue for our folks. You know, we've worked with you on the permitting and trying to streamline that process. Ultimately, if we're going to bring development into the region, a streamlined, simplified permitting process is really key to making that happen. Yes, I I agree. I I think the industry has always been good because not only do we see regulations on the capital side, we see them on the development side. So the folks who work with us on the development side, they've been real good at helping us incorporate those requirements into the rules and regulations so that they can execute them. But they've also been real good in, in helping us try to consolidate this and making the permitting process as less onerous as we possibly can for those who use it. Well, as we're wrapping up, Brian, anything else you want to share with the folks who may be listening? Um, I I think the one thing I would offer, in in case anybody's curious, uh, MSD does a lot of public outreach. You will find us on primarily social media. You'll also find us, especially when there's a rate proposal, radio, TV, the print, checking out our website, especially with the stormwater proposal up. We are open to making a presentation to anybody who asks if they'd like a very specific presentation done to them about what's going on with stormwater. As a matter of fact, if they're curious about where the wastewater program's going, we'd be willing to do that as well. So we have a lot of contacts we do. We have a lot of public meetings scheduled, but we know there's always a better way to get a hold of people. So if anybody would like to contact us, please do so. We'll schedule something, and we'll present to any group who'd like to hear our story. And they can contact you by going on the website, or what's the best way to They can go on the website. There's an MSD contact there. I would offer, if somebody has a message, they can either call me uh, at 768-6245, or my email address, B-L-H-O-E-L, at stlmsd.com, and I'll forward that to our public affairs group, and they'll be able to uh, accommodate you. Well, Brian, I know that the quality of our water and the quality of our water treatment has a big impact on the quality of life in the St. Louis region, and I really appreciate all the hard work that you and your district team is doing to make St. Louis a great place to live. Well, I appreciate that, and we appreciate all the assistance we get from our partners to help make that happen. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. As always, you can visit us at agcmo.org for additional downloads and information. Thank you.